This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your hosts, Brody Teal and Eric Labrie. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. Yeah, this deer, so the antlers are black. And what actually happened is the wolves killed this deer while it had velvet. Yeah. So it hadn't shed its velvet yet. And then the guy found it in the fall and the antlers were completely black. So what happened is the, the velvet actually, yeah. it, it rotted, Dried right? On. But the, yeah, but the skin stayed on. So its antlers uh. are completely black. There's a little bit of velvet on it, but yeah, the wolves actually killed this thing. And then he killed this That's wolf. That's really cool. Obviously yeah, that winter. So did the antlers stink really, really bad? No, because they were they were completely dried out, right? It had been a few months by the time he found them, and they okay. were totally preserved. Because <clears throat> probably three or four years ago, I actually found, like, I would say half an antler's worth of velvet hanging on a tree. Oh, really? And it, yeah, and it just reeked like rotting flesh. So that's why I was so, wondering. But was it fresh? Like, when did you find it? I would say it was maybe like a week at too old at most because like it was like still soft but it was like starting to decay already. To rot. If, it if it was still really soft bad. yeah i'd say it was within a few days i found a piece of elk velvet it's like four or five inches long hanging on a tree one time but it was like dried it completely yeah because yeah, it usually dried. usually dries pretty quick so that's why i'd imagine that would have been fresh fresh yeah yeah no it was pretty cool i was like could see it hanging off the branch and it was a de- definitely a decent buck that had shed it and it was probably like half the antler worth nice nice right on well we're back guys we're doing you know you could call this a podcast or you could call this a zoom meeting whatever it is but we're going to do things a little bit different this time at least see how this goes um we figured we would you know record these conversations record our podcasts but uh you know try it over zoom it's going to be easier for us to connect with different guests and um yeah i'm pumped right up you know trying something a little bit different and uh, today we got uh, troy with us we've had troy on our podcast several times um you know we've had a ton of stuff go on in the last four or five months right from spring hunting season to scouting um and uh, now we're approaching another another archery season so how the heck have you been troy insanely busy um certainly feel like i'm very unprepared for uh bow season starting here in about a month but uh definitely got a few cameras out just uh hung a few stands here the other day and uh, yeah just really getting pumped up you know what though not feeling prepared for hunting season my first couple years of hunting you know, didn't feel prepared and, you know, I wasn't prepared, but I've realized now, you know, every season that goes by, you will, I don't, I don't think I know anybody who's told me and they've said, you know, I'm 100% prepared for this season. I'm ready. Everyone I talk to and myself included, you always enter the season thinking you're not prepared. Like I, I, I can't recall having the conversation with anybody and well, I them feel, telling me they're, I feel like you can prepared. be like mentally prepared or yeah. you can be physically prepared or you can be like prepared with all your gear and everything, but you can't be like all three at once. Okay. Right? Maybe, like, maybe I, that's always, it. Like some years I'm like, I'm prepared with all my gear and everything, but like, I don't feel prepared like mentally or, yeah. or physically. And then other years it's, you know, might be a little bit different. And it's, you know, what I've sort of, 
chopped it up as I think it's totally just a mental thing, right? Like you can have all your gear ready. You've shot your bow every day leading up to that season, but you've been waiting so long for that, that you almost feel like that feeling of, you know, day one, first day of the hunting season is, is tomorrow. Like it should feel a little different. Like you should maybe feel like, you know, that buck's going to be standing there, but you know, it's not, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, and then opening morning comes and it's like, okay, wait a minute. This is the same as yesterday. You go out and you get totally skunked. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm not prepared at all. Yeah. You know what though, man, I, I always say those first couple days of, of hunting, those are going to be, you know, if you're in the right spot and you've done your homework, the highest chances of, you know, of killing that buck or that elk or that moose that you've been watching for several weeks is going to be in that first week of hunting season. You know, if you can stay out of there for a month, you got a few cameras in there, you know where they're traveling, you know where they're going to be. Um, that first week of, of archery season, at least here in Alberta, is August 25th. So most bucks, actually, I, I would bet that 98% of the deer are still going to be holding velvet. Now I've had some real mature bucks that have shed their velvet on August 27th, August 28th. And as soon as they do that, then they start transitioning into, you know, that pre-rut as early as, you know, first, second week of September. And they'll stay there and have that mindset right until, you know, middle of October. So they're, last they're year, go ahead. Last year, I set a camera as actually opening day last year, Heidi missed that deer full velvet uh, when I was filming, but in within 60 yards of that stand, there was a scrape that opened up like first week of August. Every deer was clearly still full velvet scrape opened up beginning of August. And they used that scrape up until like end of the rut, like end of November. I I've never, ever seen that. I don't know why that was. That was the very first time I've ever found that And the scrape by the end of the fall was just enormous and there was like eight to ten different bucks hitting it wow wow that's that's incredible and you know when it when it comes to really patterning deer you know once you get into the rut it's very very hard but if you can locate those scrapes and then obviously food sources are really good but you know up where we are it's bush for, you know, a hundred miles in every single direction. There's no agriculture, no field that you can hunt. Um, you know, there's some little watering holes inside of, you know, the treat areas and whatnot. So those are good spots to sit, but, um, but yeah, scrapes are great, right? Cause you can set up on one of those and, you know, if you spend, if you spend five solid days, seven solid days, you might have a chance at that buck you've been watching. At least if he comes through once, you're going to, you know, hopefully you're going to be there. And that's just so drastically different than where I hunt. Like, I mean, all of the bushes that I hunt are less than 80 acres. Some of them might be 160 acres of bush. And then everything is just egg fields. So it's like basically the deer dick, the deer movement is strictly dictated by what crops are still standing and so deer movement changes from week to week, depending on what crop is still standing, what crop is regrowing, uh, and so on and so forth. So for me, it's like all fall. It's like I'm moving stands based off of food sources. Yeah. Well, when I lived in, in Saskatchewan and when I first got introduced to hunting, 
the guys that took me out, we were, you know, we were locating the small patches of bush and we were pushing bush, you know, you send three or four guys in there and they break branches, make a bunch of noise. And that's all you have for bush. So yeah. those deer have to leave that little patch of bush. And then you try and take a 30 mile an style. hour shot. <laughs> well, you, know, deer is, you don't know if you hit it or not, but if one goes down, well, there you go. <laughs> deer in Saskatchewan bed anywhere. I've hunted Saskatchewan in a num- number of different spots. And it's like they bed anywhere. It's like they bed on the backside of a hill where the grass is like 12 inches tall instead of eight inches tall because it covers half of their body. It's like, I don't know, like it's so different in Manitoba. It's like deer almost always bed in bush in thick cover. Whereas in Saskatchewan, it's like the deer bed anywhere and everywhere. Just wanted to make sure we're still recording. Is it? (laughs) Yeah, no, we're good. We're good. Okay, just yell if if you realize that we aren't. Um, you know, Saskatchewan, man, it is truly a deer hotspot. You know, whether you're hunting whitetails or mule deer, you know, there's just so much, so much land, a huge, huge province. They got more landmass than Alberta does. And the population is just a fraction of you know what we have in Alberta. So your hunter numbers are considerably less. Um, now in Manitoba, you guys got a lot of landmass as well, but you know, um, you know, I think just the quantity of, of agriculture in Saskatchewan, all of the lakes in Saskatchewan, um, just is the perfect, perfect, um, the, the, the best ingredients for big bucks. It just seems like, you know, our guys that film hunts in Saskatchewan, um, you know, just, they see a ton of deer, a lot of big deer, And, uh, yeah, I'm always a little envious, you know, and and that's where I I grew up. And so growing up, I didn't do a lot of hunting growing up, but you know, I did a little bit occasionally would maybe get out once or twice a year with, you know, my dad's friend or my dad or something. Um, so, you know, we weren't that, that into it when I was young, but, um, as I got into my, you know, teenage years and whatnot, I'd start hunting by myself and, um, and and I wouldn't like it because there's no trees anywhere. So as far as you could see, if there's no deer, well, there's no deer around. And then I moved yeah. here and it's just complete bush and you don't know what's around the next corner. Yeah. You know, you could, you could walk 30 yards down the trail and there could be the biggest buck ever there. We're in Saskatchewan. You can see two, three, 400 yards. And if there's no deer, there's no deer. Uh, but now I'm here. I'm envious of the guys there. And you know, yeah. it's, it's that thing where you always want what you don't have. At least there's yeah. some elevation change in Saskatchewan though. Like where I'm here in Manitoba, it's like, we are as flat as flat gets. So it's like okay. literally the deer, if they're not hiding in the bush, you can see them for like miles. Okay. We are like extremely flat. Well, you guys have a bit of bush there though, don't you? Right where I am. But if you go east of me, like even 10 miles, and it's like you gotta look for the trees. Like well, you aren't are you like is it similar terrain to where Peter was hunting mule deer? No, way flatter, way flatter. Really? Oh yeah, like on on a section, there is like 15 feet of elevation change. That's it. Wow. Yeah, like we are one of the flattest parts of Canada where I live. Wow. That's incredible. And yeah, you know, Peter's mule deer, shout out to you as well. Your, uh, your elk episode aired, uh, this week. 
Yeah. Followed by uh, Peter's uh, Peter's Southern Alberta mule deer. He got a velvet mule deer and, um, you know, he waited for the perfect wind and he ended up taking one down with the bow. I, and your guys' elk, man, opening day, that was, uh, that must oh, have been was, something special. That's something that I'll definitely never forget. That was like the, well, that was the first big game animal that I ever filmed Yeah, uh, for one. And then, yeah, it just worked out perfect. They were screaming in the bush for like an hour before they came out. And right after right that, you up. were screaming. Yeah, that's an exciting Oh, hunt. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely, I definitely get a little fired up when things go down. Well, you're, you're going to like this. You're going to laugh. So I got home. When was it? Was it yesterday or the day before? And obviously my kids and my wife had watched, watched the episode. And I guess Rhett, my two-year-old and Jackson, the six-year-old were playing hunting. Okay. And so yeah. Rhett killed an, a deer and, and he copied your chant yes She's like i got one oh baby and amy <laughs> recorded this on her phone and then so we put nice. it on this morning we put it on this morning before i left for work and uh, he did it again <laughs> she's like you gotta tell troy this and uh, that's yeah. awesome that's and you know awesome what it is? the kids see the excitement right oh yeah and, and that was the thing with Rhett. like he's two years old right now he was six months old when we brought him bear hunting. So when he heard a gunshot, he related that to excitement and happiness. So Absolutely. we he shot a mule deer and a, a buck with him last fall. And every time, you know, we seen that animal, we told him he would get excited and he would be just as excited as we were. And, um, you know, it's, a. Uh, it's a primal thing. Mm -hmm. It's a primal thing. You know, we are here because of, of hunters, you know, the best hunters were the ones that, that survived. Yeah. Oh, you absolutely. 15,000 years. I mean, our, our country in general was basically started by fur trade. Without right? a doubt. Yeah. And without a doubt. We, we are still like North America is still the leader, um, you know, across the whole globe with, um, uh, with the fur trade for sure. Yeah. I seen uh Canada goose just uh, discontinued all of their coyote fur yeah. for their coats. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought, I thought we had one there and then I seen that and we, we were in uh, West Edmonton mall there a couple of weeks ago and I walked by their store and not a piece of uh, fur on any coat. Is do they use faux fur now, or there's just nothing? None of them, no fur, like no, no faux like fur, no nothing anymore. No, <clears throat> my sister has a, a Canada goose jacket from like basically when they still had the coyote yeah. fur, like a legit coyote fur. Yeah, and she's like, it's so warm, like it's well, just and so basically... did my mom and my sister, and and they loved it, right? Because you have a a cold, you know, the snow is blowing a, a winter day and, uh, and it, they're great for keeping you insulated, but, uh, yeah, no more, no longer. Crazy, crazy world we live in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. How many days are we away from archery? 20 days that? away. 20 days away. Yeah. I'm not ready. <laughs> start shooting. So what do you got planned? When does your season start, Troy? So we are the 28th of August, oh, so uh, 28th or 29th, but, uh, but we got some real exciting news, uh, whenever the Manitoba guide came out now, finally, after like four or five years of bugging people, 
we can now get a doe tag in my zone. Oh, nice. So I'm super, super pumped about that. So you can like, get a bow, a, a doe and a buck? Yes. So we get two tags and we can use either tag in any season, which is awesome because their so doe explain, numbers are way too yeah, high. That's awesome. Explain your seasons and, uh, and how they work with weapons and the duration and whatnot. <clears throat> Okay, so archery starts, like I say, it's August 28th, 29th, somewhere in there. And it runs for six weeks. It's to the middle of October. Then the black powder muzzleloader season starts. It runs three weeks. Then after the muzzleloader season runs uh, our general season, which is rifle uh, for another three weeks. Then just like I did last year, I still couldn't shoot a deer even after three months of hunting deer. I had to go to the late shotgun muzzleloader season, uh, which is in a different zone. And that season is another three weeks. So that one basically runs you right up until Christmas. Wow. Holy. So I was, I was doing a lot of sitting in the tree stand. You and, know, and uh, I think Alberta should take note because I like the way you guys do it. And Saskatchewan does it almost identical to the way you guys run your seasons. Oh, Saskatchewan is even better. I like the fact that they actually close down. I think it's two or three weeks when like the peak rut is. So oh. like there's, there's no hunting. At least that's the way it used to be. I don't know if they've changed that, but there's like two or three weeks where you actually like can't even hunt deer at all. Um, and that's like right when the peak peak like does and estrus is. So actually it's like basically promoting more does getting bred. Uh, which yeah, so I'm just going just off my, my memory idea. here, which isn't very good. But when I lived in Saskatchewan, I'm pretty sure the rifle season, because that's what I used, was like November 17th until like December 3rd. It was a two week window, very end of November. You got the first couple of days in December and that was it if you're a rifle hunter. Yeah. And so the first the first two weeks of November, I believe there's like no hunting. It's like a gap. Yeah. Between. Yeah, it's a gap between the muzzleloader. I think I think their muzzleloader season ends like August th- or October 31st or November 1st. Um, and then the rifle season will start on the 17th. I'm pretty sure those two weeks hmm. are off. Like actually let deer be deer instead of in Manitoba. I feel like we have so many open does because the bucks are getting pressured so hard during basically peak estrus where they're just, they're trying to survive. They're not trying to breed does. Yeah. So, you know, I, I pounded this issue quite a bit last hunting season because I was so frustrated. Um, and so in Alberta, at least where we are here, if I go North of town, archery starts on August 25th, the rifle season starts on September 1st. And if I go South of town, August 25th is archery, nothing else. And then September 17th is your rifle season. That's crazy. I, so I'm sitting in the tree stand with my bow on September 12th or September 18th. And you hear bam, 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 you know, all around, if it's a weekend, you're going to hear it for sure. Um, and you know, it's, it's frustrating because what they do in our area, you know, I'm not encouraging anyone to come here. What they do in our area is they give a general tag, which is a doe or a buck And then they also give a supplemental tag, which is two dose. Now, 
I was told by somebody this past weekend that you have to use your general first in certain zones and your supplemental has to be after your general. But I haven't confirmed that in this zone. So what someone can do is they can go and shoot two does, fill their supplemental, and then they have their general tag, which is a buck or a doe, and they see a doe or a buck or even a yearling and they can shoot it. Yeah. So the issue we have up where we are is there's just crown land. Like I said, there's bush for a hundred miles in every direction. So there's a ton of land, a lot of country, and there's a lot of deer there is, but because a hunter can come and shoot three does, um, I hunted whitetail all of November last year, and I didn't see my first doe until November 8th. I hunted about six or seven days before I seen my first doe. I seen I a, saw few, my first a few doe spikers, about... a few, you know, smaller bucks, but I didn't see my first doe till I was hunting for about six or seven days. And so, you know, you do all your homework all year, find where these bucks are, and then come the rut. They're so far gone because there's no does in the area that you can't locate them. Oh, now, silly. that's hunting, right? It's, it's not easy. But the issue is they're giving out way too many doe tags in our zone. That's um, insane. That's it, it's ridiculous. So, so yeah, what happens is you have people traveling up here from all over the place because there's so much country to hunt. Let's say you have me and Eric. Um, you know, we we have three tags each. We're hunting three days. Well, we want some meat. So I see, you know, three does. Two of them might be a yearling, but you know, I'm new to hunting. I don't really know. I shoot all three. We're on the last day. He has three tags. Well, we see three more. And next thing you know, we got a truck full of does. And, um, you know, no bucks are harvested. We have six does in the back of the truck and we've pretty much wiped out the does in one little particular area. Uh, It needs to be, it needs to be reassessed. What I think, what I think should be done is your general tag maybe should just be a buck and then one doe supplemental tag, or at least just cut down one of the supplementals. But there is a lot of zones that you can only hunt one supplemental tag. Okay. So that's not every zone. No. But a lot of the zones up north, like we're kind of on the border, like where we are, a lot of the regulations south of us are the same. And then a lot of the regulations are different, but they're all the same. Yes. So there are certain zones where you can't use both of your supplemental tags Mm -hmm. in. That's right. But this one here, you can. (laughs) Yeah. Like that seems crazy. Like out here right now, we could, we could handle guys coming and shooting six does out of every bush and we'd still be okay. Like. Uh, most sits last year i was seeing 20 plus deer and 18 or 19 of them would be does or does and fawns wow yeah see i will not go ahead and then and then you'd see like a year and a half or a two and a half year old buck yeah yeah i will not kill a doe in any of the areas where i've got a tree stand or i've been watching deer or anything i want to keep as many of those does around as i can um you know usually Last year we did, we shot two does in two totally separate zones. We were actually uh, moose hunting or moose and elk hunting, me yeah. and Eric, and I had Jackson with me. So, um, you know, it was special. We had a great opportunity at a, a really big, big doe and a big body on her and, and we got it. And that was, you know, that was worth it. Got us some meat. And then Amy ended up killing a doe um, later on in the season. But this whole thing of allowing you know, a guy to leave with a truck full of does in a weekend, three does. It just, it it doesn't make any logical sense. It might've made sense 
when they implemented this six, seven, eight years ago, but now it's starting to have an effect on things. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping they, they make some changes because yeah, if the population population is really high, like it makes total sense. That's like here, I'm glad that they're finally implementing the fact that we can shoot does, uh, but it's long overdue. Like in my mind, this should have happened three or four or five years ago already. Yeah. Because we had four, I think four seasons where it was bucks only. And basically now our population is extremely, extremely out of whack. So because we have so little does, we, you know, it's nothing to, to see a totally brand new buck on camera because these deer are traveling so far with you having so many does in, you know, the province, do you notice that you have a lot of new bucks on camera or new bucks in front no. of you during hunting season, or do they just no. stay in their normal area? Cause they don't have to travel. Yeah. yeah. No, like generally, especially a mature buck. Once he finds a bush that has maybe 10 to 12, he doesn't does have in to it, leave. He doesn't, he doesn't leave because they're not going to breed more than more than 12 does in a fall. So basically he'll move into one pocket of bush and often for the first three weeks of November, you don't see those mature bucks even moving out of the bush because they don't need to. No. They literally just lie down and wait for the next doe to walk by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, it's, no. it's ridiculous. So it's really, really hard hunting the peak rut. Like my best mature buck sighting week last, last year was actually the very last week of rifle season. And that's when basically the whole dole population was already through estrus once and just there was i would say either the fawns were coming in or there was a few does that were actually coming in a second time already it was like the last three three days of november were like the best days that i had for seeing mature bucks wow so uh what's your game plan are you hunting opening week i i think there's gonna be a doe uh doe going down by either Heidi or myself within the first week now that we can actually shoot a doe that's what I was going to ask you if you're just going to fill the freezer right off the bat and then hunt. oh absolutely absolutely that's definitely the game plan that we're going to either pop one or two within that first week yeah well we could we could yeah (laughs) definitely could um but yeah we're definitely going to fill the freezer with at least one and then basically I'm going to hold out for for a really good deer because then it's like i don't i don't need the meat once we have a couple of deer in the freezer um hopefully i can fill an elk tag when i come out west that would be just pressure's on man when when are you coming (laughs) what days are you coming i think the 15th to 19th right we said yeah somewhere around there so we're gonna coming for the opener of rifle then yeah i think we're gonna try and hunt a bit of the overlap yeah yeah you know man the last bit of I think the rifle opens on the 17th. So you get yeah. like the 15th, 16th, and then 17th is rifle. Yeah. 17th is rifle. So that's what I was hoping, you know, we get a few days of archery ahead of time. And, you know, if we have a chance at a bull, great. Um, and then we're going to slip right into rifle and hopefully by then we, we, we can catch up with them, figure out where they are. But, you know, with that being said, there's going to be two or three of us, we all don't need weapons. I have no issues carrying yep. a bow or a rifle. So um, you'll have the option of both once we get into rifle yep. season two. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I, I love elk hunting. You know, the last 
last year. I did a little bit of it early on at the very start of the season. We had some crazy action. You know, I was in the middle of a, a herd of elk day one, basically, as were you. You know, you had you could have killed a bull right on yeah, day one. I, I wasn't quite there. I was about six. I'm not gonna get away. over that one real easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, um, but I, I didn't pressure him hard. You know, I, I really want to get a moose with the bow again. And I, I blew it on, on two opportunities. So this year I, I look forward to, uh, you know, getting out with you and getting right in the thick of elk country and screaming back and forth with bulls. It's going to be a that, lot of fun. That sound is just second to none yeah. in this world. Like, I don't know. It just gets my blood going like crazy. I'm like a diehard whitetail guy, yeah. but like, I don't know when that bull was screaming last year in the bush, yeah, it's crazy. Trees, it was like, Holy smokes. So There's what's your a, plan? Are you going to, are you going to hunt the river valleys? Or are you going to hunt the uh, farmland? <laughs> are you going to hunt the bush? Well, so we, uh, we're sort of just waiting to see. Mm-hmm. So we've got, we've got some landowners, some friends who have some property, um, you know, they say they've got quite a few elk in the area. So, um, we're just going to wait and see as we get closer to that date, you know, um, we can always fall back on the river Valley. And like I was discussing with you, um, where we were hunting them last year, we were actually hunting them in thick bush in cut blocks, you know, not really any major rivers there. There's some, but it's not like, you know, the region that we usually hunt elk in. Um, and it's just bush as far as you can go. So you're screaming back and forth with those bulls and they just, they are gone where at least in the river Valley, you know, they are either between at that river or at the top of the field. They are somewhere in that, in that, uh, you know, in the bush, they are there. Um, it's just a matter of fooling them. And that's the thing too, right? In Alberta here, in most zones, we have a general elk tag. So those elk are educated, man. Um, so it's tough, right? Like I remember, um, when we put together Tommy's episode in Saskatchewan, you know, it was a quick bugle or two, and he had, you know, one bull coming in passed on an incredible bull. And then he killed a giant one right behind it. And it's just because that was a, a tag that took him nine years to get right. It's yeah. Those, these, those Saskatchewan tags are really, really, really tough to draw. Yeah. Where, where these, right. You get a tag every single year, rifle, September 17th. Um, and that's the thing that opening day of rifle season, man, it is, it's crazy. It's a war zone yeah. out there. Um, yep. and that's what I used to do. I used to pull up the first day of rifle season, get out there early. And the last year I went, you know, I'd have, my first spot to go to, and then I have a fallback and another fallback because I'd get to that first spot at 5 a.m. and there'd be three trucks there. I'd get to that second spot, there'd be a guy walking wherever. And then, you know, I'd get to that third spot and while you're bugling back and forth with a bull, but you know, it it doesn't work out sometimes, right? So um, they're educated. They are a a tougher animal to hunt, but um, you know, it's doable, man. We've had a lot of close encounters with them and, you know, killed some, some good bulls. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Well, just, just being in the country and here in elk is that's about, that'll be a success for me. If we, well, I'm excited for you to come and see some different terrain too. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm really there's no flat here. No. Uh, so you're saying I should start running. You should start climbing. Well, you should start climbing your stairs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing some new country. That'd be definitely different than anything else I've hunted, uh, ever before. So it should be a fantastic time. 
Awesome. Awesome. So, um, are you, uh, you got sheep right off the bat. Sheep's first. Yeah. You pumped for that? Oh yeah. Yeah. And things are going to be a little different this year. You got horses. Yeah. This year we're doing, we're doing a little bit of a, a different trip. So we're taking in, yeah, there's four of us going in. Um, we sort of had to compensate a little bit. So originally it was supposed to be just Manny and myself going in and we we're going to take four horses. But then the problem was we didn't have a Wrangler. So we have nobody to watch the horses throughout the day. So that's a lot of extra, it's a lot of extra worry during the day. And, uh, you know, you got to come down a little bit earlier. You got to leave a little bit later just to make sure that everything's wrapped up before it gets dark. So our two girlfriends are coming this year. They're going to stay at camp. They're going to watch the horses, but we don't get to ride in. So we're going to pack four horses and we're all going to hike, but uh, nobody should have to wear any weight on their back. So it's going to be nice that way. Yeah. So are you bringing, uh, so you're, I'm assuming you're bringing some extra gear. Are you going to have some luxuries that you don't usually have? Uh, Not so much luxuries because we still got to pack fairly light. You know, we're going to bring a little bit better food. Can you bring a few beer? Uh, I, you can't go on a sheep hunt with Manny without bringing a few beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's, you know, there's a few luxuries. You have to take a lot of extra gear for the horses though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, you got to take a ton of rope. You got to take extra parts and pieces. You got to take some tools for their shoes. You got to pack a little bit of feed for just in case. Um, you know, there's a few big items you got to take for the horses. So that takes up a fair amount of room. Um, but you know, we get, we get to take a little bit better food. Um, a little bit nicer camp, but uh, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. And we're still going to oh. pack all of like Manny and myself. We're still going to pack all of our sheep stuff because we might end up like spiking out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How much hay do you bring for them? Like per day per horse or do you uh, kind don't of bring bay? any hay? So what we, there's a lot of uh, where we're going is, is fairly, it's fairly Browse used. Heavy. Like it, yeah, it's, it's used a lot by horse people. And a lot of backcountry string, horse strings and stuff go back into this area. There's a lot of open meadows and stuff for them to okay. feed, especially in the fall. So what I what I what we usually take is uh, like alfalfa cubes, compressed hay cubes, yeah. and that's just sort of a just in case thing. You know, if yeah, you happen so to camp not, somewhere with no grass, you're not to the point of elevation where it's like strictly just rock where you're camping. No, and and this year especially, we're gonna have, probably have to camp lower just because the water is going to be I, I i don't know i've never been into this area like there could be some mm-hmm. snow up high that's melting and there's more water this year but chances are there's going to be less water just from how hot it's been so we're, we always have to camp on water with horses and yeah, absolutely uh, and hopefully you know we're hoping to sort of camp in like an established horse camp and we just hope it's on our own you know we're not sharing it with yeah. anybody but yeah we'll never sure. know till we get out there yeah, this year is a, a different year. Last year was a very strange year, at least here in Alberta. Um, it was busy. It was so, so busy. You know, it was the start of COVID. A lot of guys were getting those government checks. So they were going on vacation or going hunting or whatever. We noticed at the shop, it was insanely busy. Um, and everyone I spoke to, whether they were sheep hunting or antelope hunting or or elk or moose hunting, um, there was just a ton of guys everywhere. Now that's great because we want, you know, we want good hunter numbers, but it's, it's a little frustrating when you got to battle with other guys, but this year, at least what I noticed in bear season is not nearly as many guys are taking time off committing money to different hunts and hunting as they were last year, because we've now had this pandemic for over a year. And a lot of guys are like, man, Hey, if I can work, 
I'm going to go to work. So I think this year, you know, I think you guys might be all right. Well, we hope so. And we're going, you know, we're, we're planning to go pretty far back. Okay. Yeah. You know, the, we're, we're sort of hoping to play it, but like get past the hikers. Yeah. But sort of stay in between maybe some other horse groups. So how much ground do you have to cover? Uh, do you think approximately? Um, I did a little bit of map work the other night. We have probably about fifty kilometers before where we want to like get back so in. So a couple of days. Of you know, it's going to be two fall. days of walking for sure. Um, but we have there's an there's a really good area about halfway in. Yeah. So we're going to, of course, hunt as we go that's in. That's a lot of ground. It's a lot of ground. That is a lot of ground to cover. The nice thing is we have that really good area, like sort of, it's pretty much exactly halfway. Yeah. So by the first evening or even like m- middle of the day on the second day, mm-hmm. we're going to be glassing lots and sitting lots. So we might yeah. not even make it all the way in. It might take us three days to get in, but we're definitely not, not going to walk past any sheep, right? We want to make sure we see everything that we can see yeah. while we're going. It'll be one of those things where you have, hey, this is our destination point. If it takes us three or four days, yeah. we'll just slowly go there and, yeah. and hunt the way there, basically. And a lot of it's going to depend on, um, you know, what kind of camps we see. You know, if we find a really good camp and nobody's there, we might not want to leave it. Okay. You know, maybe we'll, we might camp there for a few days. Manny and I could spike out. Yeah. Um, we are taking two riding saddles in, so Manny and I can get on the horses and nice. ride for a hunting yeah. day. If we want, we can just take two and leave the other nice. two at camp. So That's yeah, we, we've got a lot of options. Yeah. yeah. Good for Sweet. you. Guys. And how many days are you guys planning to go? We're going to be in there. I think a total of eight days. So that, you know, it only gives us about five days of hunting. So that's why we want to go somewhere. We can, we can get yeah. on the glass right away. Well, yeah. So basically you're even start of your second day. You're good. You're in sheep country. Yeah, yeah. And we're, you know, we're going in, I think we're going in the morning of the 23rd. So we have, you know, the 25th is sheep opener. We sort of, in a perfect world, we'd have Ram spotted the night of the 24th. You know, um, in a not so perfect world, we're probably going to see one as we're leaving. Leaving. And he's (laughs) a day's walk the other way. But yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. So um, has Manny hunted this area before? No, neither one of us. Okay. Yeah. So all we know is there's an established trail there and, uh, and what Google earth tells us, yeah. that's about it. Going in new blind. turf, new turf is always fun. Yeah. Well, and it's good. Like I'm, I'm pretty used to hunting sheep in uh, one particular area and it's very steep. You can't see anything. You're walking on the river for two days before you get up high anywhere. So this area is going to be like really nice. Cause we're in the wide open mm-hmm. sort of gain elevation right away. And there's a lot of bowls and open valleys and a lot more greenery than I'm used to used to looking yeah. at a lot of rock. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. So theoretically it's easier for a horse trip. Yeah, for sure. Like it is, it's a horse trail, so we don't know exactly what it's going to be like, but, uh, it's going to be fairly easy walk in. I think it's pretty gradual elevation, but you do yeah. pick it up quick after about a day and a half. You're mm-hmm. quite a ways up there. So are you in cheap shape? Oh yeah. Yeah. You're yeah ready? I'm freaking ready. <laughs> yeah. I'm in, awesome. I'm in bear shape right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hibernation shape. <laughs> well, when I went, uh, I was elk hunting with Steven Smith. I think we put this episode up on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it was a six, we were elk hunting for five or six days. And we didn't really locate the elk till our third day. And where we located them, it was a 10 and a half or 11 K hike from where our freaking truck was. So 
we had to get there. We'd get there at like 5.30 a.m., both just drag our butts out of bed. And then we had like a over two hour, two and a half hour hike in there. And then you'd get there and the sun had already been up for an hour. And the the bowl that I actually took a shot at, it was at like 11, 11 or 12 in the yeah, morning. He so, was in his, in his bed and you go yeah, out Yeah, he was. And, and the funny thing is we're walking in there and Stephen looked at me. He's like, man, we're on a trail. If you know, this is where they're going to be. If we find an elk this trip, it's going to be in an area like this. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, 10 minutes later and he bugled and then this bull just screamed right back at him. And uh, yeah, it ramps up quick, but I guess what I'm getting at is um, you guys got, you know, 15, 20 K a day. I I did that 20 K a day for elk and that was, (laughs) was hard and that was flat (laughs) compared to what you're doing. We average about (laughs) six K an hour. Um, okay. When you're walking at a good pace, yeah. you know, if we're walking on the river, that's it's a little rougher. An hour, you're you're moving pretty good. That's moving pretty quick. Yeah. You got to remember, we're not carrying anything like me. Um, I don't think the girls are going to have anything on their backs. Um, Manny, he'll have a he'll have his weapon on his back, obviously, and myself, I'll have my backpack. It'll have my cameras and then my my gun. But I'm, you know, usually we're packing fifty or sixty pounds in. Yeah. Now like, I so might be, be packing fifteen yeah. or twenty. Yeah. And, uh, so you- and the horses walk, they'll walk faster than we walk. So as fast as we nice. walk, they're going to be right beside us the yeah. whole time. So are you average- bringing the- Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, are you, are you bringing the dog with the horses? No, um, we were going to bring, um, we we're going to bring Manny's dog, but just, you know, he's not quite trained yet. And I don't want to kill my dog because I got pretty close this uh, yeah. spring. So yeah, uh, yeah we're going to leave the dogs behind. Um, the horses are really good for being at camp with the girls and stuff. So we don't really have to worry about bears or anything. Oh, and that's, that's good. You know, that's the main reason we bring a dog, but yeah, like I was saying, you know, six K an hour, we walk for six, seven hours, you know, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, um, bow rifle, cause you can use rifle right on opening day for sheep. For right? sheep. Yeah. Um, we're in a Valley where we might see some elk. So that's oh, kind of why I'm tempted yeah. to, you know, I wouldn't shoot one going in probably, yeah. but on the way out, if we got lucky and you know, who knows, I don't think I'm going to take a bow in. I think I'm going to take a rifle. Manny will definitely take a rifle. And then the girls will probably bring a rifle. Nice. Um, do you remember that elk that I did the big pedestal elk for uh, one of the guys on the TV shows? And uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they were on a sheep hunt for that yep. and they spotted that bull elk going in. And so he killed it. And, um, and then, yeah, they, you know, hung it in a cool area. Came well, that was, that was late later. season. That was though, late right? season. Now they think yeah. of it because he used a rifle. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, that's definitely doable yeah. for sure. And with horses that allows you now to, to do that and get the meat out. Yeah. It doesn't the, really make any difference. Like I, I'm guessing that on the way out, you know, say we don't kill anything, we're going to be pretty empty. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like, there's not going to be a ton of food. Yeah. And we're packing 10 days worth of food for, or, you know, nine days worth of food for four people. It's yeah. quite a bit of food. So we're basically probably going to come out with an, like an empty horse. Yeah. Right. So we have lots of room if we did kill a, an elk or, you know, a couple sheep. Yeah. Nice. Fingers nice. crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, no I've got kidding. a wedding opening week. I've got my brother's wedding. I'm the yeah. best man. Yeah. And so I thought our hunting season opened on the 26th and that's when I got to go to Edmonton, but it turns out I was wrong and it opens on the 25th. So I'm going to sneak my butt in the stand for opening day. And, uh, I'm banking on opening day. That's my only chance at a velvet buck. So we'll see how that goes. 
And we're all we shooting just, the same bows this year too. Yes. Yeah. The old Mamba 28. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely getting some reps in here lately. I just, uh, I was not shooting enough with it. Definitely the bows new to me this spring. So it was like, I need to get very comfortable with this thing. And now tonight it's really starting to show the, the few reps that I've been doing every day was uh, shooting some pretty tight, tight groups. So I'm getting nice. pretty happy with that. Awesome. 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 Yeah, no, you know, and, and I, I'm guilty of that as well, you know, approaching bear season, I did a lot of shooting and then I, I killed my bear and then I sort of fell off of it for probably about a four to six weeks. I, you know, it's tough in the summer. Didn't really shoot yeah. it. My bow case just sat here. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, these last few weeks, I've at least every second or third day, I've definitely been out flinging, you know, 60 to 80, 90 arrows, just getting comfortable again. And I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty pumped up. I don't know if I'd take a 60 yard shot at a bull moose, but, um, you know, 30, 20, maybe 40. I was, shooting at, uh, I was shooting at 80 yards the other night nice. and hitting my target. I, that's the furthest I've ever yeah. shot with that bow. And I don't even have a pin for that. Oh, I was really? just getting a little cocky and yeah. back at 60 and then <laughs> 70 and then 80. And I was just kind of gauging it like a little further every time. Yeah. Yeah. But you do sacrifice arrows that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I don't know, like moose, I think they're a little bit easier to kill uh, toughness wise than an elk. Like, I don't know if I would feel comfortable even shooting at an elk at 60 yards. I could hit the spot, but you got to just about hit them between the ribs in order to kill them. Those things are so tough. Yeah. I've heard a lot of stories, seen a lot of videos, seen a lot of photos of, you know, elk with arrows right inside of them that were, you know, totally healed over. Um, the bull I killed was just shot a little bit high in the shoulder with, with a, a rifle and you know, that bullet just stopped when it hit the shoulder and it just pussed up right underneath the skin. They are very, very tough animals. And, you know, like the, the bull that, uh, your dad and your brother-in-law got, um, I, I think all three hit them. And, and what I tell guys, oh, man, all if three you're smashed elk, them. Yeah. If you're hunting elk, you know, you got to keep shooting that thing till he falls down because, um, it happens far, far too often where guys, you know, they shoot a bull elk, it drops, they walk up to it and then it's gone and they don't recover it. I've, I've had people tell me that story, um, more than once, you know, several times. And when it comes to elk, man, you got to, you got to keep shooting until he's down. Now that's the thing with archery, right? You can't just keep flinging arrows because you can't let them go as quick and you're going to be right close. So yeah, you got to make sure you can bury that thing exactly where it's going. If you're going to take a farther shot, um, cause yeah, they're big animals. Now I don't know if, if moose are any less, you know, less tough to, to kill, but, um, but yeah, you know, you gotta be confident yeah. where you're shooting with the bow for sure. Man. Yeah. That, I don't know. Like I shot at a moose at 60 yards last year and if yeah. it wasn't for the video, um, we would have never known what happened. Yeah. So but, like, I don't think I would shoot at a moose at 60 yards again. And no. I was totally comfortable. It was a good shot. It was a good setup. Yeah. 
but just the way that, you know, I didn't think I just never predicted him to move the way he did. So that video is on our Facebook page. And what happened is, yeah, we spotted that bull in a cut block and it was, I think the last week of archery season. So the leaves are already yellow. The last day of our, or two days before the last. Yeah. Day. Something like that. And, um, and yeah, he was, you know, probably 110 yards away. You got to 60 yards let an arrow fly and I have a red arrow where your arrow went and that bull ducked and then jumped up and he just skimmed right off yeah. the back. Yeah. I actually found Real. a tuft of hair and a, like a little chunk of skin in the shape of two broadhead blades. Yeah. Like I still have it. It's like dried and it's yeah. just, it didn't draw any blood. It just shaved like the top layer of skin that holds the hair in. And in that video, so we put it, we put a line yeah. when that bull was standing straight up. If if he would have stayed there, that yeah. would have killed that yeah. bull. It would have been a lethal shot, yeah. but he, he, you know, they go down and then jump up. And as soon yeah. as he went down, that arrow just, well, and I, I you know, I, I aimed for like six inches low, but he yeah. dropped like at least 10 inches. Yeah. He dropped like a long ways. Yeah. Oh yeah. He and if it wasn't for the Luminoc and the, and the video, no. I'd have never known what happened. Cause I shot and then I stood up, he ran. You thought you hit him. Oh, I thought I smoked him. I even saw the hair fly. And I was like, well, that was a little weird, but I'm sure it was a good shot. Yeah. He ran like 30 yards. And then I just watched, he just stood up there and looked and I was waiting for him to get wobbly and he just never got wobbly. And then he just walked away. No, he came running towards me. He came running back where yeah. he was. And yeah. But, uh, yeah, moose are a ton of fun. Oh, I got, yeah, uh, yeah I had, I had fun chasing season. them last year. And that's the nice thing when you're up. Now, I don't think you're eligible for a general moose tag. I'll have to look into it. Um, but at least when we're hunting, I have a general. Well, I was going to say, you'll you'll have the moose tag. A general bull moose. And that one actually runs until September 23rd. Mm-hmm. So it's a longer archery season. And it's general in a lot of zones. And it's part of the rut. Part of the rut, yeah. yeah well, that bull that that you called in for me, he wasn't coming in crazy, but he was coming into that call and he was grunting on his way in. Oh, he was coming, yeah, he was coming to the call, and, and that, was, that was like the twelfth or eleventh yeah, like or something, something like, like that. that. It was the earliest I've ever like had one come in grunting. Yeah, I've had them come in pretty early, like just look around. Yeah, but he was he like came in on a string that one. And so That's actually, so cool. uh, where we are going to be elk hunting, me and uh, Stephen Smith went, and same thing. We heard we heard some grunting in the distance, and I had already killed an archery bull that year, and he didn't have his bull, so we couldn't. You know, there was nothing we could do, anyways, because I had a rifle. It was it was rifle elk, but the archery moose still went on. Yeah, it was open. So we're like, well, let's just go let's just go film this thing and mess with it. So we went to this, this pond, you know, just, just a beautiful setup. And sure enough, you know, I grunt and he grunts and I grunt and he grunts and he comes right in and, you know, Steven's ahead of me filming and he's, I think he got to like 13 yards. This bull just came running right in at us. And you know, that's, what's so cool about where we live and Alberta in general is there's such a diverse, um, amount of of critters you yeah, know pocket full of tags. oh yeah. yeah especially when you go west there right because you got moose you got elk you got mule deer you got white-tailed deer um yeah, where we are so here cool. bighorn sheep you bighorn sheep you got everything man um you know where we are it's it's moose and whitetail 
but um but yeah it's a lot of fun man i'm pumped up for archery season it's always it's always fun because you, you the action you have is usually up close and personal and well uh, the animals you, aren't like shot out yet no right like that's what's so um, great we mentioned those three elk i had in on opening day last year um it was actually the 28th of august so it wasn't quite opening day but it was my first day elk hunting and you know i seen these three bulls in the field um I came around to the crown land and started calling and walking in on them. They just walked right in to check me out. They weren't worried about people. They weren't worried about anything. Um, you know, it was just a small section of land. You wouldn't catch those elk dead no. there, you know, once rifle season opened. Yeah. No, yeah. but they were there. And you let yeah. them walk. I don't I don't know if I'm ever going to get over First that day, one, Eric. man. I couldn't do it. And they weren't uh. a six point. If it was a six point, that elk was dead. Was there a bigger one? And in, because in, it was no, there a, was three. three the biggest one was a five by five, and he was kind of a not a real great five by five. And then a four by four, and then a three by three. Yeah. So they were all legal because they got to be three points. And I could have yeah. shot two of the three, um, but it just didn't. It felt too easy. The felt zone, right. the zone that we're going to be in, is it uh, a three point zone? Yeah, as well? most some of them, them are. Some of them are uh, just general though, right? You can yeah. shoot a spike. Oh, are they geez. all three no point? you they're all three point but um some are six point but some, those are in the mountains typically. yeah some of them in archery season you can shoot a cow yeah yeah some of them you can shoot a cow yeah a bow, yeah but um but yeah no, where we go it'll be three point and up and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> so how does the club bowl play into that so let's say he's got a five or a six side and then the other side is just like a spike. As long as, as they one. As long as one side is a, okay. Just got to have three points on one side. He could be a unicorn, but as long as he's got three points. And it can't oh, be, it can't be a spiker with the crown. They have to be, I think it's six inches apart. So it has to be, it has to know, have like a an main actual frame yeah. with, it can't. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, for sure. And um, yeah. So, you know, I've got that wedding opening day. I'm going to be sitting here at wedding. Great. It's my brother's wedding. I can't wait. And then after that, I might be, uh, I might be doing some elk hunting with, uh, a friend of mine who we did some cougar hunts with last year. So that's going to be about a four or five day thing. And then, uh, just slaving away at the taxidermy shop, editing videos in the evening until you're up. And then we're going to be, uh, we're going to be hunting the valleys or something like that. So, yeah, I am fired up. Yeah. Well, Cannot I wanted to mention wait. a few things, guys. We've got, you know, a ton of stuff going on. We haven't done one of these in a while and I'm thrilled that we're doing one. I'm very it's excited. It's yeah. good to be back. Absolutely. And um, chatting with you, Troy, you know, we've had so many stories that have, have happened in the last, you know, three, four months, bear hunting, um, dogs in the mountains, turkey hunting, but we got to save it for another, uh, another, another podcast, podcast for sure. Yeah. But there's a few things I want to mention guys. We've got a ton of free stuff we're giving away um, on our webpage until the start of archery season in Alberta, which is August 25th. Every single order over $25 gets a free jar of spices. So we've got a bunch of these. We want to give them away to everybody. So place an order for a hat, a shirt, a decal, antler obsession, whatever it is, you'll get a free jar of spices. Our non-typical nation clothing, this trophy hunter shirt, the non-typical life that Troy's wearing and the sheep design we have, 
they are going to be no longer. Once we sell these designs, we have brand new designs being dropped on September 1st. So discontinued. Discontinued. These ones have been very popular. We have a few sizes left. Same with the mule deer one. It's been a popular one. The sheep hunter one is super cool as well. So check out nontypical.org. Order your non-typical nation clothing because once these ones are gone, they're gone. Um, like I said, new designs will be here on September 1st. I think you could advertise those as limited edition now. Can I? I'll maybe save yeah. a few. Yeah. Five, six years down the line, we'll double the price and, and flip them. Limited <laughs> edition. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I'll buy my next rifle. There you go. There we go. <laughs> um, and Badlands giveaway. There's a Badlands giveaway until August 10th. The Badlands Super Day Pack, it's an incredible backpack, very, very, you know, well-built. Um, go to the Badlands social media page, Instagram, Facebook, check out the post. I think it was on July 26 yep. is the giveaway post. Um, enter the giveaway. It ends August 10th. So do that now. And what else do I got here? That's it. That's all. That's all I That's had it. to share. <laughs> And as always, guys, this podcast, this video, whatever you want to call it, is brought to you by Old Smokes Coffee. We're always drinking that. Tacticam, we just filmed a very cool review video for yeah, them. Yeah, turned out great. Yeah, the Tacticam Spotter LR. So check out our social media, Facebook. Um, we put together a really cool six, seven minute video and uh, played around with all the features of the Tacticam Spotter LR. Mm -hmm. T-Rex knives. T-Rex knives. You're giving away this hat, aren't you? Oh yeah, we're giving away that hat. How should we do it? Do you guys have any ideas? I wasn't prepared. Um, I don't know, Troy. It's all on you. So <laughs> oh, I want to hear people's bucket list hunt and what are you doing in order to make that bucket list hunt happen? Because okay. for me, this fall, I'm making it happen. I am going to Alberta to hunt elk. So I want to hear what everybody's bucket list hunt is and how you're going to make that happen. So the best answer that uh, is we we believe is the best answer in the way that you're making it happen is going to get a free hat from T-Rex Knives. Awesome. Perfect. So whatever your bucket list hunt is, send us a message. Tell us how you're going to make that hunt happen. And we're going to choose one. And this is going to be released. Uh, let's give it... Let's give it... 10 days from the day this video is dropped on Facebook. So this video, or if you're listening, it's on Spotify. It's also on Facebook. It'll also be on YouTube. So however, however you listen or however you view, um, there's going to be different ways of doing that. So yeah, enter to win the T-Rex Knives hat. And uh, yeah, that's that. Thanks for coming on, Troy. You bet. Awesome. It's always a treat. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you in... A little over a month, man. The time's yeah, ticking. About six quick. weeks. Six weeks. It is coming up quick. Yeah. Right on, right on. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Again, we're giving away a ton of free stuff. So buy your non-typical nation clothing. Enter to win a hat. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate it big time.